0: It's only been a week and I'm like, how do I do this again? <laughs> right. To the happy and holy podcast
1: featuring the amazing, the lovable, the admirable, Oof. the absolutely iconic Wendy Samville.
0: Oh my gosh! And with my co host, the alluring, addictive. Hysterical. Intelligent. Child prodigy. That is (laughs) Jamie Dorman.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't know about child prodigy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do. I would call you a child prodigy right before our very eyes and ears. Thank you. I am a child. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to another week, another show. Um, At this point, after five, I started losing count. So I'm not going to try, but we're glad you're here. Um, Thanks everyone for checking us out, checking out the website, checking out the YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. We're on Instagram. And of course, we are listed on Google, Spotify, um, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are, so we will be. And as mentioned, we are on YouTube. We do have a Facebook um, for people who still have those and um, TikTok and Instagram. And so we love it here. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are... um, Available, like guys, don't forget, Jamie's going to remind you every week to check out the website.
1: I beg you, please check out our website, happyandholyco.com. Oh yeah. I spent a long time on customer support chat with someone in somewhere, a stand, trying (laughs) to figure out how to get this website to point to the right location. And it now does. So it would really honor me If you would go to happyandholyco.com.
0: Yes. With broken English and all, they were able to help you.
1: Mm -hmm. They were.
0: And we appreciate it. And also um, happyandholyco at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, we have a trash icon for that, but you can still email it to us anyway. And so, thanks for checking us out, guys. Um, we have never, we have never disclosed this, but I felt like this week we should talk about our rating. We have a rating,
1: mm-hmm.
0: just you know, in case somebody's like, "Oh, is this safe for my children? Can I send this to my grandma? Would my pastor like this podcast?" Just. I'm just going to give you a rating. This is E for everyone. Okay. When we do talk about explicit stuff, we'll give you a heads up. We'll try to at least. But this is rated E for everyone. And also S for satire. And so um, enjoy the podcast, friends. Satire, as I was talking to Jamie, it's not something, satire is not something you have to, You should have to disclose before, but for all intents and purposes and for all audiences, we just figured we should tell you we are rated S for satire. Mm -hmm. We make jokes. Deal with it. The best thing about jokes and punchlines is not having to explain them. Mm -hmm. So...
1: If they need to be explained, it kind of loses some of the humor. And to be honest, if you need the explanation and it's not a really niche reference, you might be dumb.
0: You just might miss it. Or
1: or like comedy is not your genre.
0: <laughs> some people just don't have good senses of humor. It's a real thing. So if you don't have a good sense of humor... This, this might be hard to get through, but we appreciate you checking it out anyway. But sometimes you may listen through, you could have listened through to past episodes and you could have been like, what was that all about? Did they really mean that? Satire.
1: All right. I feel like that's enough explanation, but hopefully, um, I'm honestly, if you didn't get that, This may be a moment where I have to break it to you. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't
0: you shoot understand the messenger. that last
1: little bit. You are dumb. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Well, we're here to bring you laughs, to bring you joy, to bring you truth and to inform you. Hence the satire, because if you've noticed, this is a happy and holy podcast. And so, um, I guess it's time for the tagline. Happy and holy is a term that has been phrased by the Bishop of Bulgaria, Georgian Banoff. Oh, bring that closer to the camera. Oh, okay. Lift it a little bit. A little bit. bit. I'm going to solo you.
1: Let's get that in there. Look at this beautiful couple. This photo was shot by Nathan Johnson in New York City. Okay. in the, in the Chelsea neighborhood
0: shout out new york
1: um Look and at this is our beloved spiritual mentors and revelators and um people we admire this. Oh, we stand them we stand them hard we stand them hard this show the book is georgian and 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 winnie and now i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: Okay. Oh, oh, come on.
1: So that is Georgian's first cover. Look at that. And look, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this around so we can see this cute little little Bulgarian. Look at look at that. Look at that, leaders of global celebration. Wow. So Now would be a good time to encourage yourself in the Lord.
0: I just felt like we needed it.
1: I was just listening to that the other day because it's all I listened to. (laughs) (laughs) Get in the car with me. Just going to get blessed.
0: We're getting blessed. Oh, you getting blessed. Another good reason to hop over to YouTube friends because Jamie just did her showcase of the amazing Banoff products. One being Georgine's book. The other one is, look at that beautiful postcard and that beautiful picture. Um, of course, we are just lovers of the Banos, lovers of the gospel. We are not independent contractors of them. We are not sponsored by them. We just happen to love them.
1: We're just products of the joy.
0: We're just products of the joy. So don't go, you know, emailing and being like, hey, I saw these t- two girls. on." <laughs> I saw these two girls on YouTube who were like, are they part of your staff? Listen, we have not been hired by them to do a podcast. We're just here. We're just here. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I feel like we shouldn't have to disclose, but honestly, honestly, social media is wild, Okay. So that comment I don't know. people jump so hard. huh?
1: It's that comment section. That comment section is wild.
0: It's that comment section. And I feel like we have to like take your hand and hold like we have to walk with you, walk you through these things because without it, people jump so hard they need a parachute. They jump to conclusions. And so we have to like, everything needs to be spelled out for them and so listeners we love you viewers we love you but we're just giving you that you know people do weird things on the internet like i mean i jamie and i watched this video this week where somebody was trying to like roast bethel for prophesying and i was like they prophesied i'm 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 failing to see what the problem is and the guy made a whole video because chris valton prophesied that a barren couple would have a baby and they did (laughs) And he was like, he had a whole problem with it. So
1: honestly, just whatever you do as a result of our episodes, don't make me do a get it together on you. Just don't embarrass me. Don't make me do a get it together. And by the by when I say don't embarrass me, I mean don't give me secondhand embarrassment because I don't partner with shame because there's therefore no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But maybe you're not in Christ Jesus and maybe you should be embarrassed so just don't make me do do a get it together on you
0: in other words don't make me come for you that's how we would have said it on the east coast okay don't make me come for you um oh yeah let's uh I think we were done I think we were done with our opening monologue
1: we didn't say the tagline We forgot to. We got so distracted by Gio's face. We got so
0: distracted by Gio's face. Okay. The famous tagline from the bishop of Bulgaria, Georgian Banoff. One half of the joy apostles who are Georgian and Winnie Banoff.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And... The tagline goes like so.
1: Religion. Are you doing it? <laughs> or does it the, the world? The world is first. Okay. I'll just let you start it. <laughs> the
0: world wants you happy, but not holy. And religion wants you holy, but not happy. But the good news is.
1: Jesus came to make you both.
0: Jesus came to make you both. And so that is the foundation, the launching pad of this podcast, Happy and Holy. Is to share with you the revelation, the good news, the joy that Jesus came to make you both happy and holy. Do not buy into the lie that it's either or, or that God cares more about your holiness than your happiness. That only comes from grumpy Christians who went to cemetery. Seminary, <laughs> and um, or people who who they they digest hand me down dudu gospel. And why do we call it dudu gospel? We call it dudu gospel because one, it's crap. Two, two the dudu gospel is all about works. I do this, I do that, I do do do, I do do do, and it's not enough. Never will be enough because the work has already been. Finished.
1: I loved that completely unintentional Freudian slip you had there
0: <laughs> alright let's uh we did the tagline thank you for reminding me this yeah, is girl. why we co-pilot we co-pilot because you know we don't have it all who has it all no one
1: I have it all when I'm with you
0: we are complete when we're mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Let's transition to the gear. All right. Um, Jamie, yeah, You're here, tell me. The Kardashians are back on
1: TV. I actually attempted to watch the first episode of the new season. Do tell. Well, um it basically started with uh Kim just being very like prim and proper. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of talking about her, you know, not wanting to date and getting back into uh, the dating pool. And then Chloe was there. Everything was very like put together, like too put together. And then the intro, like music came in and it was like the sisters roller skating around a rink. I forgot what song was playing, but it basically ended up having the cinematography of a music video. Wow. Which is exactly not what America first fell in love with the Kardashians for. Now they've become so polished this season because the sisters are actually producing that their lives and themselves look really, really perfect. And unfortunately, kind of loses the appeal and the entertainment. So I made it about Seven minutes in, the last thing I saw was them having some kind of party to celebrate something, but they didn't say what it was. And um, James Corden was there, and they were just partying in someone's backyard, drinking drinks. And then, um, one of the sisters was saying, "Kim, like you can really tell when she's drunk," and that's when I lost it. That's when I was like, "I'm leaving." And I left my house about the whole scenario. So, it was so yes, bad you need. left your house. <laughs> I literally walked out just in the middle of the episode. You just and just walked. Away. It's like I don't need this at my house. Like having a party for nothing. Get out of here. Imagine such a far cry from this sh- what the show used to be, and it's really upsetting because. Years ago, I was cat sitting um, and I had the opportunity for the first time since moving to New York to have like a television for like a week. And I was like, I'm going to see what everybody is on about these Kardashians. I want to figure out what people really like. I started from season one. I think they were in like season 10 or something when I started. Um, I started in season one and I got to season four in a week. And I, at the end of that week, let me tell you, I understood exactly why people loved them. because i was like oh my god they're america's family they're just messy and funny and embarrassing and they love each other and they love each other really hard and even though there was definitely a lot of unhealth that you could see in their relationship with their mom and also the way that bruce was treated i could see why people Uh. love them and i was like i'm not gonna give anybody crap for loving them ever again But I did not hold to that because I just saw their newest stuff. And frankly, now I can give people crap about this.
0: Yeah, I... It's funny that you mentioned (laughs) how Bruce was treated. Because after seeing how Bruce was treated, I can understand why he transitioned. I don't have much to add to the the Kardashian take. Because I, I only watched like maybe... You know, when I watched them was during COVID. I watched them during COVID because I was bored. And I, I like immediately fast forwarded to like the season where Kim started dating Kanye and then they got married. And um that actually made me become a Kanye fan. I don't even listen to hip hop and I still don't. But I had like Kanye as a person. And then um I watched the Paris trip. I watched when they got robbed, all that stuff. I felt so bad for her. So empathy grew and then they were kind of going through a lot. And I was like, wow. Um, when the sisters fought, like I think the season I stopped was when they had a physical fight. And I think it was it was Kim and Courtney. And um also have you seen the girl on TikTok who like does the does the t- she does the skin as all three. And every time she's Chloe, she has like post-it notes as nails.
1: Yes. I have seen this girl. I love her. The yeah, thing that she does. Um, it's so good. I love it so much. Uh, her Chloe's I it always like not the <laughs> Oh yeah, the this thing with her hands.
0: I feel like replace the Kardashians with this girl and then they might have a like salvageable season.
1: I would watch that, and frankly, we don't even need to watch the new season. We could just watch the TikTok early.
0: I would, just, just sh- I would say so.
1: Just shake her salad, and like Kim, I don't understand why you're so mad.
0: <gasps> I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, nobody wants to see a polished Kardashian.
1: No, that's not. We fine. signed up for messy.
0: We signed up for the mess. The Kardashians. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of. I think what's scaring them is that they're losing their influence. They're going to keep pushing the whole, like, let's do a show. Let's do another season. Show this aspect of me. Show this perspective of me. And so I think it actually is making Kim very uncomfortable to not be, one, young anymore. Two, influential. It's making her very nervous. Mm -hmm. And... um nowadays with ai and the way that people break down their pictures and they're like i can tell you to the t what has been augmented in this photo um because they're just like it's their hips actually her hips are not that thin her legs aren't that long and i'm like yo and so they like undo all of the like um all of the filtering all of the edits they undo all of the edits
1: it was so obvious. And when someone undid it, I was like, first of all, it's not even that bad. Uh-uh. And secondly, that's what you're insecure about. Like, that's what you th- you think you should look like that. with You sh- think you should look like you don't have a trap muscle.
0: The problem is you think you should not have a trap muscle.
1: That's the embarrassing part. <laughs> like, you're not even okay with having a trap?
0: Yeah. That muscle I would say the not most- work. Yeah, for real. I I would say that's embarrassing. And also how they try to throw the photo editor under the bus. They'll be like, I was not aware. <gasps> I'm completely mortified that they did that to my body. I was not even aware that they did it.
1: Photo editors don't care about your insecurities. I have worked with retouchers, many, many retouchers. And majority of the time, they don't even retouch the things that are a problem. They retouch a couple of things that are obvious issues, and then they do the colorization, and then they shoot it right back to you. They don't care about your weird. You don't think your traps look normal.
0: Or your calves. Like I've seen <laughs> – it's so bad.
1: Anyway <laughs> – went down
0: a a rabbit trail there but
1: I feel like the attention they get right now is people waiting to watch them fall Mm -hmm. it's people who have unearthed conspiracy theories it's people who have um, just realized whether they consciously do or not that they are just waiting for the shoe to drop
0: yeah I mean if you're wondering where (laughs) where, where we lie with the conspiracy theories Kim Kardashian is a high-level witch, and Kris Jenner eats babies. Okay, on to the next one. Jamie. Yeah, what's up? Did you hear? Tell me. Bro, Target has (laughs) Pride content that has exploded over their store. People are not happy. Um, May is ending. Therefore, Pride Month is coming. So they wanted to go big or go home, and unfortunately, Target is going home.
1: (laughs) I've been waiting for Target to eat for so long. (laughs) I've been waiting for them to eat their own crap since COVID when they were the only store – allowed to be open in New York City because they were an essential business and none of the other mom and pop shops were allowed to be open. And I would freaking go to Target just to like walk around, just to have something to do during COVID. And I pretended I needed something. I didn't. Um, I I think it's disgusting that they were profiting off of such a horrible time for everyone else.
0: It was pretty bad.
1: So this is – I just love to see them make the dumbest decision I've ever seen them make and lose all of the people that make target their lifestyle. Because the yes. people that are the type of people who would be into like Satan designer stuff, they don't want to be at a target. They want to be at a weird little bookshop, coffee shop, new age store combo. They right. want to be – in like a a weird soap shop in the mountains, okay? These are not your customer. Your customer is families, um, moms, and also um, young women who are going there. They're getting their Starbucks. They're walking around. They're buying Magnolia. You stock Magnolia and you don't know who your customer is. Your main aesthetic is Magnolia, you need these moms
0: you, you clearly you don't know the dem- the demographic <laughs> that you're that you're serving.
1: It's like you make family products. it's you sell home like what are you doing like people who are gonna buy Satan designer stuff don't have good decor and if they did have good decor, it wouldn't look like what you sell.
0: Chip and Joanna Gaines by the way by the way, have been called out. Were were you aware of that?
1: No. This is a a brand new did you hear from me.
0: Bro, um, Chip and Joanna Gaines got called out by a couple people because they're not pulling their products.
1: Yo, the Wham will go down to Waco, Texas. I mean. Slap some sense into them.
0: Uh, I mean, they're
1: not wrong, right? How do you feel Um, about that? Honestly, I don't know, because I wonder if, like, what their angle is. Why are they staying?
0: Listen, you know what's interesting? Um, Who was it? Although I'm not mad it happened to them, was Chrissy Teigen, Oh, that needed to
1: be pulled.
0: She got pulled off the shelf because she was like threatening. She was threatening minors. She was making fun of Lindsay Lohan cutting herself. All these people. And so people were calling for the cancellation of Chrissy Teigen. And so she got canceled and they pulled her crap from the shelves. They were just like, get it off. And they can do it instantly. You as a distributor should also have the same power. So I don't want to hear like, oh, well, we have a contract because they don't give a crap about your contract when it's time to cancel you. Mm. so when it's time to cancel you they don't give a rip so if i was tripping joanna Gaines, also i think it's the fact that they've been quiet about it
1: yeah they haven't said anything because i haven't heard anything
0: have not um so i mean i guess if your head has been under a rock um well i would say if your head's been in the sand but if you've been living under a rock I guess we could fill you in. So Target had all their crazy stuff going on because they dropped their new collection. The new collection was extremely. um, is pedophilic is like even a word. It was alluring more to the pedophilia side. Even they had moved way beyond LGBT and started striving towards um, pedophilia. So, yeah, it's kind of been leading more towards the pedophilia side because a lot of the um, trans uh, paraphernalia (laughs) has been on children's clothes. Ick. Why does it need to be on children's clothing?
1: Because these people... At their at their root are sexually interested in children. Yeah. That's where this is all Um. going. (laughs) They're trying to normalize. Sex with minors. Yeah. I mean, anybody who
0: didn't see it coming. Um, we done told you so.
1: We have been telling you. We been telling you.
0: We've been telling you. I think I even said it last episode. Like this, this idea of normalizing um, sex with minors, normalizing, normalizing statutory relationships. Um, that all stemmed. That was at the root of your little "love is love" movement because they wanted to normalize grown men wanting to not only be with children but pretend to be children and that's why remember like um was it chris henderson or whatever his name was when he used to he had that show that um oh and i have a little i have a little secret about why that show got canceled canceled let me look up his name i think it's chris hansen actually chris hansen had this amazing show called to catch a predator Which, fun fact, that show got canceled in 2008 because they found, it was like a district attorney who got caught. So if you guys don't know what, yeah, for real, if you guys don't know what To Catch a Predator was, it was an amazing show where they were setting up like fake accounts, um, like the police, detectives, um, actors were setting up accounts where they were pretending to be a minor. So it was like a booby trap, right? And they would pretend to be 14 year old, 13 year old, like, I'm not even talking about 17. Like, I'm talking about like they intentionally were choosing like eighth graders, seventh graders, ninth graders. And they would talk to these predators online. And um, the, they would set up a meetup with the predator because they needed to get their intentions out there. Like, I need you to prove that you're trying to sleep with me or whatever. And so, into Catch a Predator they would film it they would film these grown men getting hot, and it was so awkward and thank god they never tried to spin an angle where you felt bad for the person because honestly it should have been rated it should have been rated a comedy because like (laughs) these men these men would show up and like one would start crying and I mean these were men from all types of all types of life they were janitors they were pastors they were politicians they were police officers like all walks of life they were getting caught so in 2008 the man that they caught who was a district he was an assistant district attorney he actually was so mortified by being caught that he committed suicide so after that they canceled the show
1: that's not a good reason it's
0: not enough. It's not good enough for me. But
1: here's the thing: um, you are not responsible for other people's feelings or reactions. If I, I mean, say something to someone and it makes them commit suicide, I'm not at fault. I not jump into their body and make them commit suicide. No.
0: Nobody- and if you're worried about the well being of somebody, how about the well being of the children? That. If you're gonna be worried, if that. you're gonna be worried, yeah. I'm just saying so bring that back to target um and the point you made about like i they're just trying to make um pedophilia okay the predators are hiding amongst the lgbt they're even trying to put in a little m can i even do an m they're even <laughs> i was gonna try to do an m with my oh this <laughs> yeah
1: there it is
0: there it is they even um are trying to slap in a little m in there And you know what M stands for, Jamie? No, tell me. It stands for MAPS. No. (gasps) Minor
1: minor? Attracted Person? Gross.com. Yeah. So, wait, where are they sneaking that one in?
0: They're trying to stick it into the LGBTQ. And then because, you know, it's like it's LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera
1: let's just call them all pedophiles let's simplify it you're all pedos. wrap it up
0: yeah no for real
1: if you want to be um, part of that community this is this is what i associate you with now this is what everybody should associate you with now if you, you don't be, want that you should maybe fix yourself
0: minor attracted persons um this is why a lot of gay people okay a lot of homosexual people have been saying that do not affiliate me with the lgbt because i am not a part of that community um because the lgbtq etc 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 is morphing into something else uh, which is turning into the religion of narcissism and that's why gay people are like we're not that (laughs) or i've also heard the lgbtq are trying to kick out the T.
1: Really, mm-hmm. why?
0: Because they're just like you. Do not, you do not. Um, we're not affiliated with you. Basically, they're just like but they're
1: going to split.
0: They're trying they're be to like,
1: lesbian, gay, bi people against the all that craziness.
0: Two well, spirits. they're brought to
1: the craziness, but lesser amounts of crazy versus crazy. lesser crazy
0: lesser amounts of crazy but we'll get into i love
1: that this they're having a split this is so fun it's like a civil war this is like a civil war amongst the i love the the community yes for
0: once it's not the christians um so give them give them other enemies we need a break give them Um, give the media someone else to talk about to date, Target has lost about nine billion in market value since the social media mob has called for the boycotting of um, Target, especially during Pride Month. But people in general have been done. Now, I will say this: this has been my favorite thing about the Target flop. Jamie, I think I had sent you a couple pictures over the week when people were calling for the boycott the boycott of target and catherine mullins we love catherine do. we love catherine mullins here's my shout out for the week catherine mullins went to town okay on target she was like in target um like a little double agent went in there and she was like boom filled this video and she was like boycott target and then she put the number of the hotline because she was like and you better tell them that you're boycotting let me tell you some of the greats that commented under this Lisa Bevere, all Ooh. she says under it is boycott and it <laughs> I love this so much and then your boy Joshua Mills was all over that Joshua Mills he said oh let me get let me pull up exactly what he said he goes this is how I know he's your boy you know what he said tell me RIP target and then literally put <sighs> and then literally put a tombstone He put it to
1: Savage.
0: We love him. We love. We love Joshua.
1: No, we need to be saying the things. Good job, guys. Really thrilled that everybody's been good about not shopping at Target. What'd you see?
0: Joshua said I paid off and canceled my Target card. Oh, I did see that. I love him and then tell me why they they tell me why they planned a, a meetup in the comments
1: <laughs> no they didn't
0: joshua and catherine they're like oh we should get together soon
1: <laughs> oh my god they're so funny they're literally just trying to make me jealous that i'm not invited
0: literally uh marcus rogers which i know where he stands so i knew he was gonna say something i'm looking for one more blue check mark y'all better have commented I love that a lot of people are just like, dude, I love that Joshua Mills put his money where his mouth was and was like, not only am I done with Target, but I paid off my card and I canceled it.
1: Because, you know, the bulk of how those stores get money is through that card, because even if they um, are not making a ton of money off of your interest, they have the benefit of being in your wallet. So when you need something and you haven't been paid yet, you're like, "Mm, where should I go to shop? Oh, I know. I already have a card that gets me 5% off. Literally. So I remember working um, at Kohl's, like my first job, and they were like, make sure people get this card because when they need stuff, they don't have money, they'll think of us and they'll charge it. So that matters a lot to them. Like You would get more hours if you signed more people up for Kohl's cards. Yeah, I have heard that. So I know that Target cares about their card holders.
0: Yeah, we, um, I've heard that. And I've also many a times turned down the offer. But I love Christians who put their faith in action. Mm -hmm. And you live by your conviction, okay? The day of us being silent is over Um, I think we got into this mess because too many Christians were silent. Too many Christians had their head in the sand. um, And too many Christians were being Switzerland and playing neutral. But if you haven't noticed, they're trying to groom your children. They're trying to groom this upcoming generation who already is confused.
1: Where we should have stopped it, where we should have stopped it, was when Hillary Duff was doing ad campaigns saying, when you say gay, do you realize what you say? And when everybody was like, gay is not a synonym for stupid, that's where you should have known that they were coming. They were coming for the millennials because when Hillary Duff did that, she was, she had so much pull with the millennial generation, especially women and women have been the main supporters of this nonsense from the beginning. So where the church should have actually stepped up and honestly not been on yeah. the defense. They should have been on the offense. They should have been like, no, it is stupid to be gay. Don't you dare. Don't you dare, <laughs> Hillary Duff. We are boycotting Lizzie McGuire. But did you see anybody boycotting Lizzie McGuire when she did that? Mm. No, because she wasn't like, oh, I'm gay. She was just like, be nice to gay people. Yes. And we could all be like, oh, you know what? You're right. We should be nice to gay people. No, that was when we should have been like, I'm not taking my kid to see the Lizzie McGuire movie. And now look where we are.
0: They should have shut it down um target um initially had their plans for their display now you know retailers like target are always like two months ahead right like in october there's already christmas stuff out so target had already started their setup for they already started their setup for pride month which is why people were like excuse me no um because they had seen the display so now targets like actually, just kidding. They said since introducing um, this year's collection, we've experienced some hostility. So, um, for the sake of our employees, we're actually going to pull some of the line, not all of it, but they're like we're going to we're going to pull some of the line because one, you just don't want to call a spade a spade. I mean, what a lot of
1: people are calling it on social media is the you're getting bud lighted. I love this. These men are amazing for doing this. Well,
0: this is what we were talking about the other, I mean, episode upon episode, right? We talked about how the men always show up and they're just like, not happening here. Like, Mm -hmm. very much like a guy, not many words, right? You didn't see the men like, you know, posting videos at the freaking liquor store being like, not today. But like, no, they just, they just didn't buy (laughs) Like, it wasn't an emotional video. It wasn't a tangent on Twitter. They just didn't buy. And so, correlating to that and what we talked about, Tampax, and we're like, yo, women keep getting played out because we're too passive. We got to redo.
1: And the redo is Target. See, the, you're right about that women being passive because look, circling back to that Hillary Duff commercial, what would people have done had they gotten the millennial man of the moment to do it instead yeah what would they have done if i don't know who the guy version of hillary duff was my god zach efron yeah maybe zach efron yeah if they had gotten zach efron to do it do you think people would have been chill people ignored it when hillary duff did it
0: true you're right you're right Mm -hmm. They did and so now this is our opportunity as I mean, I'm a shopper of Target, but I did you know that Target was considered cheap, chic?
1: I mean, in the sense of clothing? Yeah, I, I guess Target does a really good job at fast fashion, hopping on trends. I mean, obviously, the quality of the clothes are absolute crap. But you know what? Ironically, I will say the quality of the clothes will outlasts like an H&M purchase like HM and m is made out of paper
0: yes oh my gosh I used to buy killer band shirts at H&M for them to like rip out at the freaking arm sleeve
1: yeah right at the seams absolutely the worst fast fashion brand quality wise I would say H&M is 100% the winner everything falls apart upon the first wash
0: So so dumb
1: Yeah, I will say, though, like, Target clothes last a lot better than H&M, although they are still um, absolute, absolute crap. Absolute crap. Um,
0: So just speaking of crap, putting a cap on the whole Target spiel, um, basically everything blew up because also, okay, let me just say the whole thing because I'm feeling like I'm going to add fuel to the fire with how you feel about the U.K., the designs were by a London-based company that the designs that designs occult and satanic themed LGBT etc 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 clothing.
1: What do I keep telling y'all about British people? Like y'all want to act like I have no reason to think this way to be this way. like what do I keep telling you you cannot trust a British person. Also to note, London is probably, like, one of the most freaking occultic cities. Um, All of the crap of, like, the occult stuff in the government in the U.S. came directly from the U.K. That's where they got it from. That's what infiltrated the government. And in, like, a fashion industry sense... Right. All of the weird stuff that you see in the fashion industry, like you'll see some like kind of wild editorial stuff coming out of Paris and Milan. But when you start to see really weird stuff and you check where that like indie magazine is from, don't you know it was printed in London? Let me tell you something. One time I saw an editorial spread. I can't remember what magazine it was in. And like it was like a, a shoot done with this very young looking girl, because obviously models are very young. Um, they yes. look very young. They are basically told to not gain weight, so they get feminine parts young looking. Yes. And she was like – "Is And this is an editorial. This is supposed to be fashion. But it's like artsy fartsy because it's from London. She's like literally in like a T-shirt and underwear. And – what? The photo was of her in the t-shirt and underwear in this like really disastrous room, like messy, dark, grungy, like creepy room in a house. And there was a lizard. Um it was like a um it was a fake lizard. I don't know what it was made of. Oh. Maybe a plastic lizard. She was lying on the ground of this disgusting room, legs open. And the fake lizard was placed in between her legs, like this was a, a fashion shoot. What? And it in a high fashion. So this isn't just like a no. Feels Balenciaga-ish. It's giving Balenciaga, and it's not just like it wasn't like oh, this is like an indie magazine, like no one's ever heard of. Like no, this was full of people who are the top of the fashion industry. This is yes. the photographers that work for Vogue, that work for Allure, that work for Marie Claire. These photographers in their like artistic time, they're making content for little magazines that will let them do the wild they want to do. Yes. Wild stuff that the Vogue's and the Glamour and the L's of the world will not let them do. They're doing for these magazines. So these magazines will have like all the high end photographers, makeup artists, hairstylists, stylists, models working in them. Um, And they do their artistic, I'm air quoting here, artistic stuff for those magazines. And then they do the more like commercial stuff for the Bigger name magazines. So this was one of those magazines, not a nobody magazine. I looked in the magazine, and you know where it was printed. You know where it came from. Where London?
0: Oh, this is full circle.
1: What do I keep telling you all about British people?
0: This is full circle. Hmm. Um. That's it's to me bonkers that's kind of creepy and also what does it say about a people group that wants to be represented by satanists
1: oh that's an interesting question and implication i'm just saying
0: you want to be affiliated with satanists um and what's crazy oh i should just save this for another the 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 later segment but what i'll say is that what's crazy is that there are some gay people who want to protect children who believe children should be hands-off gay people who have conservative values they're not all crazy but um what i'm saying is that just as much as christians get a bad rep because you meet one be- one you meet one bad Christian and that ruins your experience of Christians for the rest of your life. Your little friends, LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Your friends are not giving you an accurate representation. If you guys are all about love, which some of you are not, if you guys are all about love, um, you have people who are spoiling it for the rest of you. And that's what I have to say about that. Moving on, the, as if it couldn't get any worse, Jamie, did you hear?
1: What? Did you hear about the L.A. Dodgers? I did hear some rumblings of this, but please tell me in detail.
0: Well, the L.A. Dodgers on Pride Night was going to have these, I'll just call spi okay they are a um radical i feel like i should t- say it in context but i don't want to give them like attention but i feel like i have to say it in context there's a funny there's a funny twist to this that i found out when i looked it up just today okay so um the dodgers on pride night have invited uninvited and then reinvited. This group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to its 10th annual LGBT et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Pride Night on June 16th. Okay. All this drama was going on. Now, if you want to know what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are, you don't. No one cares. Um, (laughs) They are just... It's a disgusting community that dressed in drag and you will hear me say this you will hear me say this till the day I die but men make ugly women and so here's the group pause for nausea
1: I feel so much darkness and puke
0: men make ugly women and so the sisters of perpetual indulgence had they had gotten invited for pride night right and then the catholics were like excuse me and then the la dodgers were like actually (laughs) my bad we're just joking and then the sisters were like excuse me and then they were like oh actually you're invited again so uh yeah that's literally what happened
1: Do they realize how many baseball fans are Catholics?
0: Catholics, Christian, conservative. How many baseball fans actually have money and um, can cancel their season tickets in an instant? I mean, if you got people...
1: The way they'll switch teams, because let's not forget that the Dodgers are new to LA.
0: Yes. I don't know
1: at what point they moved over, but they are not a team that has legacies of generational loyalty like my family it doesn't matter where I live for the rest of my life it doesn't matter that I don't even really care for where I came from but for generations since the 1900s my family since the start of baseball my family have been Red Sox fans and if I defer from that I'm going to be excommunicated The Dodgers don't have house. this because they have only been in LA what like 20 years?
0: Yeah, it's kind of fresh for them. It's kind of fresh mm-hmm. um how long they've been LA Dodgers. Now, I know and only refer to them as the Brooklyn Dodgers in my heart. I don't know who LA Dodgers yeah. are. You guys are dead to me. The Brooklyn Dodgers and you you want to know why they're the Brooklyn Dodgers to me and why they're important as the Brooklyn Dodgers? Dude, I didn't even think about
1: Sandlot. Because for me, it's because of Sandlot. Because if we want to talk about about Sandlot, we got to talk about Benny. And we (laughs) talk about Benny. He played for the Brooklyn Dodgers.
0: The Brooklyn Dodgers.
1: And if they were still in Brooklyn, the way this mess would not be happening, the way I would have switched teams for them because they had a legacy in that city.
0: That's so funny. Um, Actually, it. It wasn't the Sandlot for me. <laughs> the reason why they will only be the Brooklyn Dodgers to me is because of Jackie Robinson, who played for oh. the Brooklyn Dodgers.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: um, I love Jackie Robinson is just. Yeah, he's just an icon to me. You want to talk about a hero, a role model, an icon is Jackie Robinson and. Um, around 1940, it was, it was post-World War II, but around 1947, Jackie Robinson, he broke the quote unquote color line, um, when he stepped in and he just completely dominated the diamond. Um, so he was an infielder and outfielder and he played for the Dodgers for about 10 years. Wasn't easy because they did not like Negroes in baseball because they had their own league. But Jackie was like, I can outplay anyone on this ring. And I mean, on this diamond. And he had the chutzpah to prove it. And so he did. And 42 to this day is one of my all time favorite movies because Chadwick Boseman did an incredible job as Jackie Robinson. And um, Brooklyn Dodgers is why they're near and dear to me. So this whole thing with the LA Dodgers and the nonsense that they're do- being as whatever. Aw. So June 16th is supposed to be their um their pride day, okay? Now I okay, as we've been talking about this whole like boycott this boycott that may I suggest may I propose boycott the Dodgers on the 16th. I don't want one single conservative there one single christian there one single catholic there even if you're not conservative but the sisters of perpetual indulgence make you uncomfortable boycott don't go to the game let them have their pride night in an empty field let them have their pride night and do their parade and do their show to remember the cardboard cutouts in 2020 let them do it in front of them because as as i like in my opinion No one should be feeding into that indulgence in person. They don't deserve a crowd. And so boycott, don't go. Sell your ticket to that game. Cancel your season tickets. Enough is enough. Like if we are starting to catch on and realize that where you put your money, where your mouth is by not condoning these distributors, These retailers, these teams, these movements, your best way to shut them up is not to endorse them with your money. Do not endorse them with your coins. And so don't go to the game. June 16th is their Pride Night. Do not go to their game. Because let me tell you something. Um, Pride Night is no longer about pride. (laughs) It's no longer about gay pride. They just want to have their outdoor orgies they, and they want to put their promiscuity on display. Mm-hmm. That's all it's about. It's not about pride. They don't care about you. They don't. Um, the powers who be, none of them. They don't care about you. They care about their quota. They care about how they look. And they care about your coins in their pockets. They don't care about you. And so the LA Dodgers, today I found out, Jamie, this did you know is building so everyone got upset about Pride Night and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Everyone was upset. And remember, I told you they invited them, disinvited them, and then re-invited them. Well, now the Catholics are like, hello, like, what are we, chop liver? And so the Catholics are like, oh, okay, we just won't go to the game. Well, now guess what the Dodgers announced? Tell me. They're going to have a Christian faith night. What?
1: (laughs) How does it get here? How do they? What are their plans? Please tell me what their plans are. I
0: I wish I knew what their plans were, but the because this only developed about
1: today. (laughs)
0: This is the furthest they got was just today, which is kind of cool. Like we're kind of breaking some news here. So, on Friday, which was yesterday, um, the Dodgers, this is where I'm upset. This is where I feel bad, okay? They keep putting out their star player, Clayton Kershaw. They keep putting him out and feeding him to the Wolves. And they're just like, you make the announcement. You tell them. You do this. Because he was also the one who announced the Pride Night. But now Clayton Kershaw had to announce that we're having a Christian faith and family day on July 30th.
1: So are they going to hold both?
0: Yes, they will hold both. But this is to appease. This is to appease the crowd. Now, oh, granted, God. we're gone. Done. And I even thought about like the Mets are always going to be my team. The the Mets until I'm in the, the grave. Mets. But 100%. the Dodgers, I would have I would have bought Dodgers merch. If I cared enough, because I love L.A., and I, I love the Dodgers. I mean, they're never going to be the L.A. Dodgers to me. I was actually me.
1: going to buy Dodgers merch very recently. Yeah. I'm so glad I didn't because I would have to burn it, it right now. I know. I know.
0: I would have to hang it on a flagpole. <laughs> um, but the Dodgers um are going to have family faith and – no, I'm sorry, Christian faith and family day. The fact that they have to put Christian faith and family day – as the same event, mind you, your pride day,
1: nothing about families. family, of course, they have families,
0: so that's on July 30th. And when you go to look up what's supposed to be happening that day, it says details remain unclear.
1: You know, I didn't even really get to pop off on how disrespectful this is towards nuns, um, and I'm gonna do that, but like, I just need to. St- to just.
0: I know. I- I'll say a quote from Kershaw because the last time they had a family faith day, I mean, sorry, I keep flipping it up. The um, last time they had a Christian faith and family day was in 2019. So that's how long they've been not doing it. Mind you. So they held their last faith theme event in 2019 which made Kershaw excited because he's like we're grateful for the opportunity to talk about Jesus and determined to make it bigger and better than ever before and they also call that day um they call it a day of worship they're going to call that day
1: if i'll be okay as long as they don't bring in like i don't know like Lauren Daigle or something Lauren
0: Daigle will absolutely be there Lauren Daigle chance the rapper Maybe Chandler Moore. Night. The lineup for that night will be Lauren Daigle and Lecrae.
1: Oh no!
0: Oh no! Yeah, I guarantee you. Um, Satan's worship duo. Screaming. The Wolf and Chiefs clothing—that's the name of their band.
1: Oh my God! No, that's perfect.
0: But no, do tell, please. Pop off about your um, you. your defense of nunnery.
1: Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, Anyone who knows me knows I love nuns. It's like what I wish I could be except for I'm not Catholic and so I can't ever do that. But um, my favorite authors are nuns. We cannot forget Julian of Norwich. Yes. We cannot – I need to – I'm getting so excited. I need to – okay. Screaming. We need to honor Julian of Norwich. We need to recognize – Teresa Vavila, who was seen floating above the doorway to her church, just because she was in the spirit, just being with Jesus, and all of a sudden she was lifted on up, and she was just floating there. People were like, "Oh, there's Teresa. She just floating." There she is. Documented, eyewitnesses testifying to this occurrence, and of course, my absolute favorite, Madame Jean Guyon. Come on. The one reason I forgive the French. For being as arrogant as they are. Because when you have Jean Guyon, you kind of have the right to be arrogant maybe forever. We love her. We love her. She taught us about union with Christ. This is a thing that people are forgetting. Nuns are not about removing themselves from earthly pleasure. They are not about the opposite of indulgence. Because I see Mm. what they're trying to do here. But what they fail to do is be intelligent. What they saw was these are women, so we're going to opposite everything. They're women, so we're going to be men. They are in the church, so we're going to be satanic. And Mm -hmm. they are the abstainers, so we're going to be indulgers. So they tried to do this kind of opposite juxtaposition, and it doesn't work for so many reasons. Obviously, it is like a shock factor and that's what they're banking on, but they're wrong. because Is the
0: shock because they, they're so ugly? or
1: That's why I'm actually not shocked. I fully expected horrifying looking men. Um, but nuns are not about abstaining from things. Nuns are about indulging in the presence of Jesus Christ. Mm. When you become a nun, you're not saying... I'm just not going to marry. No. The whole idea of being a nun, the whole vow you take when you become a nun, for those who don't know, when you become a nun, you actually have a wedding ceremony because you are getting married to Jesus and you're giving yourself entirely to him. Why do nuns wear veils? They're brides. Are you fools? Yes, you are. now I have to explain to you why you're dumb. Are you stupid? (laughs) When a nun wears a gown and a veil, it's because she's eternally the bride of Christ. She has given herself totally to be his. She is living a life being in wedded bliss to Jesus so that she doesn't have to be with a dude. Um, (laughs) It's true. But it's- She's not abstaining from sex. She's not abstaining from pleasure. She's indulging completely in Jesus. Mm. And when you say yes to him, it doesn't mean you say no to a lot of other things. Like, for example, I say no to really, really bad sex with really gross dudes so that I can be holy and have a perfect, unseparated by a guilty conscience relationship with Jesus. And it's so much better than you losers. So... (laughs) What you get in exchange for your no is more than what you would get in exchange for a yes. And that's the whole thing about being a nun. You're saying no to a job so you can spend more time with Jesus. See how awesome this lifestyle sounds? You're saying no to these leggings and changing trends. You can say yes to wearing bridal gowns every day. You're saying, no, I won't be getting a hair straightener. I will be wearing a wedding veil. You see, this is about better These nuns are better than you. They have better lives, better stees, like Italian designed gowns. Like don't even get me started about the nun habits that I have in my wish list. They are wearing better stuff, better veils, better looks, timeless, with a better relationship with Jesus. So when you say, oh, we're a sister of indulgence, well, they're not sisters of abstainers. No. They're actually sisters of deep indulgence in the wedded, blissful life of the bride of Christ. Yeah, you actually
0: floating and
1: levitating, floating and levitating in the presence of Jesus. If you actually wanted to do a spoof of making the opposite, just be a bride of Satan, but don't involve the Catholic Church in this. Don't involve nuns, because what does righteousness have to do with wickedness?
0: Listen, I can't help but think about Galatians 6, 14, FF Bruce. I'm going to verbatim catch this FF Bruce quote. Galatians six fourteen. FF Bruce, okay? But far be it from me to boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That cross forms a permanent barrier. A permanent barrier, turn to your neighbor and say permanent barrier. Permanent barrier. Turn to, your, turn to your neighbor and say permanent barrier. It forms a permanent barrier. Be there's my new york. Oi. Um <laughs> forms a permanent barrier between the world and me. And between me and the world. Listen, when there's a, a permanent barrier that has been formed around you, you got time to indulge in the bliss. While you're up there floating in the heavilies, levitating when you're supposed to be mopping the, the mess hall. You got time. They have a permanent you, what what they're even trying to accomplish by being the sisters of perpetual indulgence. You can't even touch them. The cross has formed formed a permanent barrier. They don't even know you exist because they're in bliss, okay? And not for nothing, but I would say ninety nine point nine percent of those nuns probably are in better shape than most of these guys because those daily prayer walks are no joke. Mm-hmm. They be getting their steps in, and so. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, I would much prefer to call them the SPI, the Sisters of Perpetual Ignorance. But if you were going to indulge in anything, I would indulge in getting a therapist. Moving on. And last but not least, let's talk about the rainbow real quick. We went from Target to the Dodgers Day of Pride. We might as well talk about the rainbow. Because we are both sitting in this this place where enough is enough. And um, Pride Month is coming. This is our warning to you. Okay. May is about to end. June 1st is just around the corner. Let's not be surprised that Pride Month is coming. I'll share a little story with you. Jamie, I was thrifting the other day. As I love to do on a Friday afternoon and uh checking out this thrift store and i go to the blouse rack which i shouldn't even be thrifting let's just let's just the the way my closet looks you would it would be comedic to see me go out and buy more clothes but as i'm (laughs) as i'm gallivanting down the blouse aisle i see this really cute cute rainbow blouse that i i couldn't help it it was it was too eclectic for me it was it was just enough eclectic for me so i needed to pick it up and i picked it up it was on a hanger and i put it back down you want to know why i put it back down tell me i put it back down because i was like i can't wear anything rainbow related people would think i'm gay or what do they call him now? Ally, <laughs> People would think I'm an ally, and so I, I immediately put it down. I was like, I can't be associated with that. And then I heard a voice. I heard a voice. The clouds opened and the sky poured out. No, um, I, I heard a voice, and it may have just been my voice. Okay, I don't think that
1: it was. Me. <laughs> I don't think it was your oh. voice.
0: I, this voice reminded me that the rainbow does not belong to them. Yes. So, Jamie,
1: tell me. <gasps> She's beautiful. Church. I'm so She's glad you bought so her. Beautiful. Oh my gosh.
0: I love her. This is like. Ooh, let me do that. Ugh. This is it's kind of cute. Cute. I'm not gonna like completely stand up the whole way.
1: Because, yeah. um, oh
0: this shirt into her—it <sighs> is so cute. Let's turn it here. Let's turn it here. Look at this. Look at this, ladies Hi. and gentlemen, who are not on YouTube. you missed I just out. put on the shirt. You're missing out. Let me tell you, if there is any reason to jump on YouTube, it's now, because I done bought it, and it's gorge and. I'm going to have so much fun with this shirt. Um, It's literally the Roy G bib. Look at this. So pretty. I love it. And so, and then I also thought about it earlier today. I wasn't going to wear this shirt, but then I remembered there's a little ring. Oh, I got too much. My ring lights are too hot here. Oh, I see it. Little rainbow, little rainbow cone. And I also almost didn't buy this a month ago when I was shopping when I wasn't supposed to be and um, (laughs) filling up a closet that's already at max capacity. But um, (laughs) I bought this shirt and I almost didn't buy it because there was a little more so a rainbow on it and I didn't want to give anybody the wrong idea. But we have been the past five years, the past 10 years, I would even say, we have all adopted the wrong idea where we have been like we kind of handed the rainbow over i'm not gonna say like we gave it to them but we definitely were like in this tug of war the christians kind of let go at some point and they're just like huh you can have it
1: this is us this is a big version of what we need to talk about which is giving your authority away Christians have the authority on the earth because humans gave their authority to Satan. Jesus went and took that back, and then he gave it to the church. So the only people on earth who have authority are Christians, and the only entity that has authority is the church. So when we let go of things, that's on us because we were the ones who had the authority in the first place. Yes. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking yeah that's
0: right like first of all that rainbow belongs to my daddy why would I give it up to you and I don't know how or when oh I think I know why I'm externally processing here because I'm like when did the rainbow when and why did the rainbow start becoming affiliated I don't know if you know the official reason Jamie but I'm just thinking I remember back in the day like when it was taboo to be gay and it was like people used to be called fruitcakes or they would make the joke that somebody was really colorful and that was a hidden innuendo about saying that somebody was gay. And so maybe that's why they had been given the rainbow. We as a community almost got repulsed by the rainbow flag. Like the idea of just like, Ooh, this has a rainbow on it. Like, and we're forgetting who the rainbow belongs to. And so enough is enough. I'm just going to be like, Hey, that's my dad's. That belongs to my daddy. Some call it the sky daddy that belongs to my sky daddy. And, um, Ooh, the rainbows in the sky. I get it now. Um, (laughs) that belongs to my sky daddy. So you can't have it. I believe other Christians should follow suit. I, what if in the month of June, Christians just started popping out with the rainbow. Why don't we show up and show out and start wearing the rainbow flag everywhere we go? I mean, Jamie, I know you have this bomb shirt with the rainbow on it. And how offended would they they be if we started wearing rainbow shirts, but like over it, putting God is love and all that stuff. They'd be upset. They would actually be repulsed by the rainbow and not want to wear it anymore.
1: I love this idea. Um, I think we need to do this because I actually want to come up with some kind of Miranda Priestly-esque monologue to say to someone, Whenever it's relevant, maybe when I'm wearing something rainbow and they make assumptions or maybe, I don't know, any kind of time where this would come up where I would say something like, you know, you're wearing a rainbow, which is originally a symbol for a promise that was made after a flood that was sent to destroy people who are sexually deviant. And it's kind of comical How are you using it as a symbol for your community when it was selected for you as a promise that there would be no more destruction you very much deserve by a God you claim hates you?
0: You're wearing the symbol of the very deity that you disbelieve? The very deity that you defy and deny but you would wear his symbol
1: also i know a lot of people do know this but i just need to remind everyone the rainbow tell us it's not a bow because it's tied up like a bow it's a bow because it's a bow and arrow that's what it is named after the bow is okay i'm like angling myself a certain way i have a point i promise Um, The bow is curved this way, right? So if you take this bow and you take it forward and you're holding the bow and there's a string, if you've ever done archery, and you pull the string, and where does the arrow go? It goes through the bow this direction. So if the bow is pointed this way, where is the arrow going? To heaven. The arrow is taking a shot, and in this case, a fatal shot, towards heaven. This is a symbol of God taking what you deserved for all of the sexual grossness that was happening on the earth in the days of Noah. So the bow is actually a symbol of Jesus taking all of the punishment that you deserve particularly because of this exact type of sin that you're engaging in
0: for the actual sexual immorality that you're engaging in,
1: you know, because it's really ironic because like really the, the symbol is about, I promise I will not destroy you for, even though I did for this reason. And that's, what they've taken up as their symbol, which I did yeah. look up, and um, it was popularized as a symbol of the gay community by San Francisco artist Gilbert Baker in 1978. The different colors are often associated with diversity in the gay community, but actually, apparently, each color has literal meaning. But um, I I can look up the meaning of each individual color. I'm sure it's stupid. So who cares?
0: It, I'm I'm sure it's stupid. I don't I don't think I care to know. Um, in that in that aspect i would say ignorance is bliss um i i had a thought about um okay so two points about like i I hope people don't miss what you just said about the bow and how amazingly profound and um it was amazingly profound and amazingly hopeful amazingly insightful the idea of the rainbow um being a bow that was pointed up that is now pointed up to heaven because he no longer is he he promised that the world would never see the destruction that it saw um in the flood he's like i'm never gonna i'm I'm not gonna do this again um (laughs) <laughs> and i have set my like he says in genesis 9 like i set my bow in a cloud and it should be signed it shall be a sign of of a covenant between me and the earth um he's never gonna flood the whole earth as he did and so every time you see the rainbow you shall see the covenant and so the beautifully illustrated point that you brought up with the bow is that's why the bow is pointed up to heaven and not pointed down to earth. Jesus now like the first time. Okay. When we first fumbled the bag, it was because um, we took the hit for the first fumble. And then man was still not redeemed. Right. The, 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 the earth was wiped, but we still weren't redeemed. Jesus came and now Jesus took the hit. He who knew no sin became sin. This beautiful man, this perfect man, Jesus, he took the hit. And so, which is why the rainbow is now pointed up to heaven as opposed to the rainbow <laughs> pointing down to earth. And so um, it's a beautiful thing to notice every time we see the rainbow. Because, like, just the idea of, like, wow, Jesus, like, you took that for us, and we get to see your covenant. And it's such a beautiful um, display of God's faithfulness. One, okay, it's a display of God's creativity. Two, and it's just a prophetic sign of Jesus's... um, Like it's a, it's a prophetic sign of, um, I was, I was going to say faithfulness, like him being faithful, even when we're faithless, because he's just countless. Like every time I see that rainbow, I see like, thank you, Jesus for the cross, but it's just a prophetic sign of our redemption over and over and over again. He redeemed us. And that, that rainbow again is just this beautiful sign of the covenant and I never get enough of it. And I don't think I was just like, I'm not offended that the LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, try to like has coined the rainbow. I'm not offended, but I was like, how silly is that? But you would take something that belongs to the very community that you swear hates you. Right. And you would put the sign of the covenant on your body over and over and over. And so it's silly to me, but needless to say, I just think that Christians should be like, y'all need to show your pride and um, show up with the rainbow the whole month of June and be wearing, wear your rainbow. (laughs) Wear wear your rainbow merch because the rainbow belongs to our dad. Mm -hmm. That's my dad's. And so just show up with your rainbow and then, then you can provoke a conversation with, powers that be whoever sees you what are they gonna say no it belongs to us now it was never yours to begin with they have nothing to say and so we should actually be overwhelming them showing up in our rainbow attire because um i guarantee you they would be disgusted and never try to wear that rainbow, that never try to wear that color again so i do have a short clip for you jamie this is kind of a blind reaction because i don't think you had seen this, but I saw this clip today. This video is going to connect the whole thought process that I had when I was thrifting yesterday. And I was all like, I'm not going to get it. And then the voice said, yes, you will. And so, um, because I was like, Hey, the rainbow actually doesn't belong to them. Those who shall not be named (laughs) that we've been naming all episode, the rainbow that actually doesn't belong to them. And so here's the clip that connects it all together. As to why, maybe, I had the thought.
1: For this shall be
0: the word of the next seven years. It's time to take back the rainbow. For the covenant of the rainbow belongs to me, says the Lord. Redeem a rainbow generation for me. Redeem a remnant in the rainbow community. For I will use them, says the Lord, to throw the witch from her window. I will use her t-shirts. I will use her merchandise. I will use her preaching. I will use the message of those that are bold
1: enough to take back my rainbow. America, a new oil pours upon your land. Oof, that was, that was it. holy. I felt the Lord on that. <laughs> <sighs> well, let the me tell you. Spoken.
0: prophet's going to prophesy.
1: Actually, I'm gonna Um, see if uh, if Arc still has the rainbow collection that um, I got my cross rainbow shirt from. Um, But please go on while I search. Check out. Did
0: I spell his name right? Ooh, so that spicy clip was from the prophet tomi Ariomi, who i absolutely adore only friends reveal secrets to friends and you you could see that he's a friend of god he's a friend of the lord and um fun fact um man i feel like should i even touch this but i shouldn't but um okay <laughs> i know big, big sad um I feel like I shouldn't touch this, but I'm going to touch this because I'm just fearless. But Tomi Ariomi was one of the prophets who prophesied that Trump was going to become president. And so, I don't know. It's just funny how, like, why would, out of his 10 prophecies, only one wouldn't come true? Mm. Um, and Believe I'm rounding.
1: Believe the prophets and you will prosper.
0: Yes. Does that Believe. Chronicles?
1: Second Chronicles.
0: Second Chronicles
1: 2020. Yeah, I believe so.
0: The Lord literally had it written in the word to believe your prophets and you will succeed in 2020. Second Chronicles 2020. And we still dropped the ball. Hello. <laughs> oh. um But yeah, Tomi Ariomi, please. I'm just going to put his stuff up. Tomi Ariomi, please check him out on every platform. He's a he's everywhere. Okay. He's on YouTube. He's on Instagram. He's on the ticket of the talk. Um, he's got an amazing school of prophets. Like this man is so spot on. So I just I love him a lot. But that video, he just dropped that video yesterday, Jamie. And I didn't even know. I was watching like, I think his stories. And somebody was like, yo, listen to what Prophet tomi has to say about the rainbow. And I was like, what? So then I jumped on it and I pulled that up and dude, wouldn't you know, this man was out here talking about how the Lord said, we're going to take back the rainbow because the covenant belongs to his children.
1: So I actually have a, did you hear for you? Please tell me the things. So Wenny, did you hear? Ooh, tell me. Lou Angle is on day 21 of his Israel fast.
0: Wow, already?
1: Yeah, it has already been 21 days. The fast is 22 days long. And this Monday, Memorial Day, Lou Angle will be allowed to eat again. Oh, praise God. I don't know if he will, but he can if he wants to. Well, Louie,
0: have a burger on me. It's Memorial Day. So what other way to celebrate you breaking your fast?
1: You don't think he's going to eat? I mean, I think he'll eat a little something. Um, It might be hard after 22 days of not eating and when he's so used to not eating majority of the time. I think it's a little interesting, too, that I know some people who live a fasted lifestyle they really pull from the spirit of the Lord to power them through their days. And I see the way that they look and the way that they live. And um, and then I look at Lou and, you know, I think to myself, you should eat. I'm worried about you. I You're not like some people who really can survive off the power of the Lord.
0: I, I don't think I've seen Lou Engle in person in years. I, he comes through Dallas a lot because he's got a lot of communities that um he's a papa too but I haven't seen Lou in person I mean the screen does not is not enough for me I need to see like is your skin healthy like is your hair falling out I need to know and so um I I'm curious but I bet you he also has a routine I bet you he has a routine of um what he breaks his fast with
1: I I Definitely see him as having a routine. I'm sure he eases himself in with broth, maybe mm. a piece of toast. I just really hope he can get something substantial in his system because he has been fasting for Israel, and I'm sure Israel has really, really benefited uh, sure from that. Fast. Yeah, I'm sure they should send him a thank you note. They, sh- um, they should. And and everyone they're else fasted with him i think mike bickle was fasting with him and oh yeah and um israel needs to send them a nice thank you maybe a fruit basket something they can eat
0: congratulations and um enjoy the barbecue on memorial day we're gonna shift to our next segment That was a, I, I did, you know, went kind of long, which is totally okay. I, I, I think it was okay because we, we covered a lot of things that were kind of necessary. I promise you this episode will not be two hours. Um, I promise you it may be, a, a, it may be one hour, 58 minutes, but it won't be two hours. So um, I wanted to talk very briefly, if we can, if it's even possible, because this is not a very brief topic, okay? But I wanted to touch on the topic of church hurt. I feel like this also won't be the only episode that we talk about church hurt. I think we can also start incorporating some guests and stuff like that and start being like, yo, tell us your experience. My, um, I guess I'll open my opening statement with church hurt is that church hurt is a very real thing okay our church hurt is not a realm to live in it's not some place that we stay i would even call your church hurt a season we like to affiliate the emotion that we go through when we experience church hurt and we affiliate it to pain we affiliate it to um like we use a lot of like physical attributes of pain right but they'll be like it cut me deep or my heart hurt you know what i mean and so even when you connect the words with church and hurt um and you take the word hurt that is a, a like that's a condition you hurting is a condition a lot of people have parked their car and camped out in their church hurt when the hurting is only to last for a moment because church hurt is real. Things happen. Either leaders fail us or um, we uh, experience a really toxic community or we get into a church that's that has really a cultic doctrine and we come out of that barely breathing sometimes. This is not to discredit anybody's actual pain because I have been aware of some people who have experienced some real things in churches because people suck okay just the premise people suck and that's why church hurt happens there's a really popular cliche that has been around for decades that that is known as hurt people hurt people And, um, I think that within the church, the reason why church hurt happens is because a lot of people have a lot of undealt with crap. Sometimes you get a toxic leader because that leader wasn't put into a position to mature. That leader was never called higher where they are. Sometimes the leader is a nepo baby who's never um, who's never been given the opportunity to work for their position. And so they take their immaturity with their position. They take their immaturity with their authority, mix it up and you get a really toxic leader. There's so many reasons why you may encounter unhealthy leaders where you may get hurt. And so, This is not um, a session where we're just here to validate your pain. And this also isn't a therapy session. But I uh, wanted to address Church Hurt, Jamie, because I came across like a video that was kind of like, you know, (laughs) you know, when some people are like, it shook me to my core. (laughs) I don't want to say it was quite that. However, it did kind of like, ooh, I didn't like the way it made me feel. And this video was of a um, displaced uh, musician who went to a pretty decently known church where a very well-known worship leader pastors. And um, this man made a video. And in the video, he just was like, yo, I got to get on here and I got to say my truth. And my truth is, <laughs> if, if you guys are not watching on YouTube, Jamie already rolled her eyes like 10 times. But <laughs> yeah, but his truth was he was hurt. He was misled. He was manipulated. He was put down. He was um uh, what was the word molested he was like he's he claimed to even be like uh mentally emotionally molested and um it's a lot so he goes on his whole thing and man the way people commented some people commented because they're like yeah I was at that church and toxic yeah those people are sick da, 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 da. and then some other church people some other people commented and was like oh I know that worship leader He's so dangerous. He's so toxic. Yeah, I understand your pain. The rest of the majority of people who commented were people who were actually just connecting their pain with his and saying like, "Oh yeah, I've been there." They're like, "Oh yeah, I can connect with your story. I'm connected. Yeah, that happened to me. Oh yeah, da 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 to which where you have so many people who are like, "Yeah, that's why I walked away from the faith." Yeah. That's why I stepped away from the Lord. That's why I don't trust Christians. That's why accept that, accept that, And so, you know, we have this platform, we have this podcast, we have this ability to bring things to light. Am I here to like, come on and, and defend said worship leader and said church? No, I don't know that person personally. I know of him and um, I know I know of him. I know people who've done life with him, and I, I have never heard anything sketch. But that's all I know. I can't tell. I can't tell you what his experience was. I can't dictate that for him. And as for the church, I don't know anything about the church. And so, um, I'm not here to do that. But what we're here to do is to bring light to the topic of church hurt. Because what I don't want church hurt to be, because I know already some people are just like, yeah, they're going to connect. They're going to engage. I think I'm even going to, I'm even going to um, probably going to title this episode something about church hurt because I know it's going to get clicks because everybody wants their pain validated. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we want to do is bring light to the topic, to the epidemic that is church hurt, but not just leave you there, but lead you to truth and maybe down a path that brings healing. What do you have to say?
1: Well, first of all, I would just like to say, um, for those of you who don't know what I'm about to say, um, it's because you're not watching YouTube where I've rolled my eyes and shook my head so many times. Um, So it's apparent to those who are watching that I have seen this video. And I do want to say a couple of things. Um, One, Everything that he mentioned as um, alleged abuse or things that were said to him that weren't okay, things that happened to him that weren't okay, nothing that he actually said as far as the information could actually be categorized as abuse or abusive language. It really does look like if you're looking at it from even a only slightly biased, rather than an unbiased angle, but ideally an unbiased one, you will see that nothing that happened to this man actually constitutes abuse. It was very much about how he took it. And I can't tell you mm. even like the amount of times, and I think there's so much you know, correction that has to happen um, and that does happen within the charismatic church when you get into the gifts of the spirit and the prophetic. I'm used to people saying like, oh, this is not the time for that. Because people tend to move a lot more freely than they do in a non-Spirit-filled environment because in the Spirit-filled environment, every person is allowed to operate with the Holy Spirit, whereas in non-Spirit-filled environments, no one is operating except for the pastor and leadership. And so as somebody who's been in environments where a lot of correction and um, aligning of things has to happen, um, I... I know what it's like to receive correction and it's, it would be very easy for me in a less mature or traumatized state to take that correction as being personal or as being about me. And because the Lord has done so much healing work in me, I've been able to take that correction and, you know, say, Oh, like this is not about me. This is about keeping order. This is about the goals of this ministry. This is about keeping people safe. Yeah. And really, any healthy person would look at anything that was said to him and would see it that way. And so, as somebody who has had healthy situations where people have um, had to correct me or um, you know just let me know that things are done differently, right? I I can't see what he's talking about, and um. I've also been in situations where there has been legitimate abuse, where there has been legitimate control, where there has been unhealthy worship of leadership. And what he was describing, um, Mm -hmm. he was talking about a community that um, if you didn't agree with this leader, like you were out and- um, I don't remember if he said that it was like worshipful towards this leader, but he basically was kind of hinting that it was a bit that way, that it was like all about this leader. I've yes. been in environments. I'm unfortunately <laughs> familiar yeah. with environments where people do think the the um, sun shines right out of a leader's butt. Yes. And what he was describing was not that because I've seen what it is and what that he was describing was not that scenario there's a difference between honoring a leader and um, treating them like they can do no wrong and in the case of him disagreeing with that leader on this the things that he brought up i can see exactly why the people around him didn't agree with him because he comes off as playing a victim he he comes off as traumatized making it all about him so if he couldn't find anybody who was on his side in that church i can see actually absolutely why He should not no healthy person should be on this man's side and everybody in the comments, not healthy people. They were just traumatized, bitter, church hurt exes who were just trying to have somebody else validate their own church hurt.
0: Yeah. And they've been trying to um, brush it. They're trying to brush it under the rug of spiritual abuse, by the way. But go ahead.
1: Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, it, and I've been in spiritual abuse situations. And again, this is not that. Spiritual abuse also um, necessitates, as part of it, control. And he was absolutely not controlled. And he was absolutely free to leave. And um, the the last thing I did want to say of something he said, and this is something that immature people um, would not understand, but he talked about how um, – the person who was leading him was prioritizing ministering to the Lord. And he was like, well, I want to love people. And acting like it was a problem that that was not something that was congratulated. It actually sounded like the way that he said that, that he was looking for people to be like, oh my God.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, he knows what he was saying when he said that. He I wasn- do. Um, I, I When you said that out loud. It made me think of the Jesus Revolution movie, to which I know everybody, people are just like, ah, Jesus Revolution. But there are a lot of things in that movie that spoke to me that maybe a lot of people, like, may have bypassed. But that made me think of the scene of when Lonnie started picking up on, he was, like, always praying for people to be healed because he would have a word of knowledge. And he was trying to use his gifting to usurp authority.
1: Because like
0: when he started to realize he was losing influence or popularity, he would then step into the prophetic and be like, the Lord, I feel like somebody's like someone's um, ear needs to be healed. And like, the pa- I think it was Chuck, right? Pastor mm-hmm. Chuck yeah. had to come and was like, hey that's not what we're doing right now. And then Lonnie's like, no, 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 but someone needs to be healed. And then he was like, but that's not what we're doing right now. And then he was mad at Chuck because he's like, what's the matter with you, man? Like people need to get healed. And that felt like that scene for him to say like, oh, so-and-so was worried, more worried about ministering to the Lord than it it was more important to him to minister to the Lord than it was for me to love people. And I feel like Lonnie could have said that.
1: Mm, that is actually a really good point. I never would have put that scene juxtaposed with this. I don't know. I won't even want to call it a testimony because it's not. It's not a true reflection of anything that really happened. But scenario, I, could, I guess. Yeah, I could definitely see that's exactly. Um, I think he wanted a pl- like admiration and applause from the people he was telling to, but even from the ministry, he said that when he said that, I don't think it came from a sincere place of him wanting to love people. Um, but you know, that's just me judging his heart. So I'm going to refrain from doing that. But what I will say is because this is my actual point, <laughs> so much of ministry has become about serving people. And the worship leader is one of the few people in the worship industry and in the the church in general who prioritizing who is prioritizing. This worship leader is one of the few worship leaders in this world and in the world of ministry who is prioritizing ministering to the Lord. Right. And what we see with ministries that do tend to prioritize this is you will see more of an outpouring of the spirit more signs and wonders, and you will see more crazy supernatural things coming out of these ministries. Not that this is the goal, but I do think that we need to notice that the ministries that prioritize ministering to the Lord and really moving with the Lord and what he wants to do, those are the ministries that get the most of the presence of God. And the fruit oh, of that yeah. presence is is the supernatural, the miracles, the things that were promised in scripture that he said he would do, the signs and wonders that back up the preaching of the gospel. So that not that signs and wonders are the goal, but that is the fruit, and fruit means fruit. absolutely.
0: Um, absolutely.
1: And, and the other thing is so many worship songs, leaders, um, <laughs> singers, performers – they are making songs for people m- before they're making it for God. And when, what happens when that is the case is that it doesn't actually bring in the presence of God because they were in their emotions and in fear of man. And when they're in that space, they're not worshiping in spirit and in truth. Right. If you're worshiping in spirit and in truth, you will actually bring in true worship. If you're not right. doing that, you're bringing in an emotional experience, which is what every music genre outside of worship does. Um and I I think it's it it makes sense that that worship leader had to tell him we need, we need to minister to the Lord because that's the goal of worship. And any truly great worship leader who brings in the presence of God can tell you it's all about that focus on Jesus and ministering to the Lord. Like there's no one else in the room. And honestly, this guy was just not doing it. And I'm, um, I don't see how someone who did not have a heart to worship God, who was more about honestly himself would really bring in much of the presence of God. And that's just not a good fit. Yeah. And a, a lot of, of immature responses from this guy that uh is just disappointing to see.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah,
0: his story is unfortunate. I did comment on said video and um you know it's really funny because most of the comments I validated his pain he was commenting on, but mine all of a sudden he became the blind man. But um
1: <laughs> and you have having- was- very eloquent. And it was really, you were so good at presenting truth in a kind and smooth way to the point where nobody who read that comment would have really been able to thumb it down or say anything. No one came for me. Once somebody commented,
0: and it's so funny how the grace of God works, okay? Because in my flesh, I would have said, grow up, get over it. He basically didn't give you the attention that you wanted, and he didn't let you do the songs you wanted to do. That's what all of that is saying to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And you didn't feel heard because maybe in the beginning they were hearing you, but then they realized how immature it was, and you probably were ignorant to leadership. And so they they started weaning you off of attention. And the narcissistic bone in your body that tells you that you need to be validated and affirmed wasn't fed. And um, that's what I really wanted to say. That, that would be true. <laughs> in my flesh, I wanted to say that. I wanted to say, cry me a river and go find another church to destroy. But I, okay. what I ended up saying in the spirit, because um, the goal is love. The highest goal will always be love. And. I'm not here to shame anyone. Even when you're being stupid, I'm not here to shame anyone. Well, I'll say this again. I'm not here to shame anyone inside of the kingdom. (laughs) If You're outside of the walls. You're an idiot. But um, I was not here to bring shame to him. And this is the grace of God. Somebody said something very similar to me in a very short way. And all he said was, well, bro, there's two sides to every story. And the way he got ate up, because people were like, how dare you shame him in his pain? And that, like the man got attacked, right? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I said the same thing. But again, like as you were saying, and I I, I promise you this is no pat on my back because that's not what I wanted to say. Um, But having been through this, Personally, having been through the type of church hurt that there's no coming back from, the type of church hurt that would have either put me in an insane, insane asylum, would have either put me in a grave. H- had I let myself be- succumb to the pain and succumb to the church hurt, I could be one of these people who have gender dysphoria or been confused. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift. Sometimes the church hurt is the villain's origin story.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, having experienced it on both ends. Now, I was never, I'm not saying I've been a leader who has done the the spiritual abuse or I've been a leader who's caused the church hurt. But I've walked really closely with friends who have gone through something similar and being counsel for that friend beyond my ability, beyond my human ability okay being able to be counseled for those friends through the grace of God but also like I said going through my own church hurt having been experienced that I felt like I knew what to say and what I'm going to tell you is truth that there are two sides to every story and you will see things differently through the lens of trauma mm. When I talk to my, I have an older brother. I have several siblings, but I have an older half brother. Um, We have the same, we have the same biological mother. When we talk about our childhoods, we have two totally different memories of being in the same house at the same time. Because I had a lot of trauma from my childhood because, you know, my biological mother was kind of a maniac. She was physically abusive, emotionally abusive, all the things. And so I had a different, I would t- we were talking on the phone one day and I was like, yeah, I remember when she did this, 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 that, and the other thing. And he's like, no, I don't remember any of that. And then he was like, remember, like she fed you, she clothed you, she loved you. She did. That. And I was like, I don't remember any of that. Well, that's our experience. I, I was seeing things through the lens of my trauma now out of which I've been healed from, but praise God. But trauma makes you see things differently. And Mm -hmm. so um, I don't even think that this is his original place of pain, is these Mm -hmm. leaders, these leaders who've denied him growth and all that other stuff and denied him a stage and limelight. It was him and his wife, unfortunately, who went through it also. And they are going to counseling, which praise God. I'm not denying your experience and what happened to you. But trauma will make you see things um i think what i said i what i said exactly is that things look different through the lens of trauma Mm -hmm. and then i wanted to point him to because it's not enough to just say truth right people will be like if i just said that alone people would be in my dms but i followed it up with this got to give it a biblical example and i said to him now okay People also who go through church hurt like to disassociate Jesus from the church. That's impossible. And so, um, the example I gave him was that of through the example of Jesus, where I said, I think out of all people who would understand betrayal because he claimed to be betrayed, um, out of all people, Jesus would understand your pain. And so, I want to encourage you to cling to him, to run towards him, because your validation for pain will cause you to go in the other direction. Um, and people would be like, how dare you? What? How could you assume that he wants to be validated and this, that, and the other thing? If he didn't want to be validated in his pain, he wouldn't record a video.
1: I just was just thinking. about to say, anybody who makes that public... They want validation. They don't want to share truth.
0: They don't want. To, they don't want truth.
1: If they had so wanted to share truth. They uh, would be okay with someone correcting them that they got the truth wrong. Yes, it's true. So the aim is not truth.
0: The aim is not truth. The aim is to be validated and heard. And um, anyway, so all I said to him was seek Jesus because one, he's the high priest who can empathize with us. Right? Says that in Hebrews but also he's your source of healing. Um, he's your source of truth. He will lead you, uh, to the fountain where you can be revitalized because you just may be burnt out right now. You may just be running dry, but also, um, it's almost against our nature when we hurt that way to draw close to Jesus. But Psalm 34 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I propose that he's had to, he's had to lay out some biblical examples of what it looks like to be let down by leaders, or he had to lay out that Psalm written by King David, by the way, um, because we would be experiencing that, which is also one of the reasons why We got a firsthand experience on what it looked like for Jesus to restore Peter um, after Peter felt like he had a um, after he betrayed a friend and what it looked like for Jesus to go to someone he felt betrayed by. Not only tell him that I forgive him, but restore him in his in his place of authority and identity. Mm -hmm. The quick example I'll give really quick example, because I was meditating on this for a hot minute. And I was like, man, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's not that I don't know what to believe, but I was like, how do you respond in this type of situation? Because here's the thing. Now that the video's out there, the internet is timeless, right? You could put something on there. I mean, there are people who will tweet something and delete the tweet within a second and people already screen grabbed it. And so the video's out there about, it'll circulate, you know? And I'm thinking, this is damaging to the church. This is damaging to the leader. People are going to be like, well, what about his heart? He was damaged. Um, There's something about inflicting pain on people for the sake of wanting to inflict pain. And, uh, oh, did you know he also went to the news about it? Because the news was like they were doing an investigation on the church. So he also went to the news about it.
1: Which news station?
0: Somewhere in Cali. I think he might claim that the news came to him, but.
1: Okay. Um. I just asked and I gotta know. I'm just saying I just asked and I gotta know. Dude, so
0: um I think I may have just exposed that I'm wearing a blanket. But um
1: Just edit that part out. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be like, Why did you guys buy the same blanket? And one of you has it on their bed and one of you has it on their lap. That's just how close we are. And we didn't consult each other on this. At we just all. we realized it when we got on camera, I think.
0: Yeah, we did. That it was the same exact shade. Um, So my closing thoughts with this whole dude, I almost said his name, with this whole dude is that, um, gosh, when I was meditating on it, because my heart was genuinely heavy because of what he went through. Not because I believed his story, not because I believed that said, said worship leader is mean or whatever, or church is wicked. Um, I also had to make sure I didn't go down a rabbit hole because the article that was written about the church, like they apparently have been doing investigation for years, because they're like, oh, they're crooks, they're this, they're that, and da da da. Anyway, um, I was so heavy because of like I was like, it's so unfortunate what you what happened to you, but I pray that someone can walk you through this, like walk through the valley. Don't just stay there because at some point you're going to have to get to the mountaintop, and what I pray is that people who are truth seekers and truth tellers come along, come alongside of you. I think it's amazing that him and his wife are going to counseling because there are a lot of things that he may need to discuss again, that are, that goes beyond what happened to him at that church. Um, so when I was like just sitting with the Lord and I'm thinking about this video, he reminded me, I, I was just, you know, Um, whipping through my Bible. I was like, all right, what am I going to read today? Um, Lord, where are we going? I think I want to read, like, I want to read First Samuel for some reason. I love the book of Samuel. Samuel is my favorite prophet. Um, I love that, um, Samuel in Samuel is the beginning hero arc of King David. I I love it so much. So I just was like reading First Samuel and I'm reading about the, uh, (laughs) i'm reading about the trials of uh king saul and david going back and forth back and forth back and forth and the lord starts whispering to me about david's heart throughout the whole ordeal of somebody he was serving trying to kill him like how do you think david's heart was what do you Mm -hmm. think david believed how do you think david felt and i was like whoa that's Mm -hmm. really good and that was days after this guy's video i wasn't even thinking about this guy but i'm reading um for samuel and i'm just thinking like man and so i'm reading on and on and in the later chapters even the even the uh chapters where david had encountered saul and he had the ability to kill him like seeing him in a cave taking a nap and david's like all right i'm just gonna cut a piece of his cloth so i could show him how close i was to him and how i had the chance to kill him but i didn't and so i'm just meditating on this whole thing and i'm reading and i'm like wow 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 my gosh like look at this like this is somebody who and david even knew david knew he was in line to be king and um all it took is one bad thought for david to feel justified in being like if i just kill him now i'll just become king sooner but i i think where we drop the ball sometimes as christians especially christians especially creatives okay Um, we are more sensitive to the fear of man than we are the fear of the Lord. And the difference between King David in this situation and said person is David feared the Lord, Mm. um, which is why he didn't want to touch Samuel, right? Even David himself was like, touch not the Lord's anointed." He's like, this is not my business to do this. Yes, Saul did me wrong. Saul's done me wrong time and time again. This man actually threw a a spear at my head and I had to flee. Um, I'm not even safe in my own city because he wants me dead. Um, He's had to live in caves. He's had to eat weird things. He's had to pretend to be out of his mind, crazy, all so he can get away from this king that he was serving. And so correlating to what's happening in this epidemic of church hurt. Now this is not to like, I'm not condoning spiritual abuse. If you would call it that, I think that the, I think that the percentage of spiritual abuse actually being spiritual abuse is very low. And also spiritual abuse does not only happen in the church because these little people who have their seances and their um little elite parties, and whatever there's spiritual abuse going on in there. Um, so I don't want spiritual abuse just to be correlation to Christian and spiritual abuse to happen. It's only like when you think spiritual abuse, you think church. Anyway, um, the connection that I see here, I'm not saying that leaders should get a pass every time. Actually what ends up happening is like leaders need to be called out in a honorable manner so that they have the ability to grow. Yeah, sure. Let them take a step back. Like, oh yeah, actually I got too hungry for power. I got too thirsty for popularity. Like all that stuff is important to address in a leader. Who knows how much, how much of a domino effect have we started in a church by validating people's pain one after another. And so quote unquote, if hurt people hurt people, there has been a domino effect of people hurt I, I feel hurt by this person. I'm going to leave this church and start up my own church. I'm going to leave this small group and start my own small group. I'm going to leave this Bible study and start my own Bible study. And pain is a terrible motivation to step into ministry. Terrible motivation. Okay. Anyway, so we have this domino effect of hurt, 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 hurt. And no one ever stops anybody at their pain and goes, hey, this hurt that you're having, what steps are you taking to get healing? what steps are you taking so that you can heal sometimes people treat um mental health right sometimes people like have a heavy heart or like their soul or just that any other thing shake cut out I feel the Lord a little bit um when it comes to like emotional health um or spiritual health where somebody is hurting I think I've mentioned this to you before, Jamie, about the idea of treating that hurt as you would physical pain. And mm-hmm. so if somebody's hurting, right? I'm in the kitchen, I'm cutting carrots. Ooh, I cut my finger. You would run over to me and be like, do you need a Band-Aid? Do you do you want to run that underwater? Do you need a gauze? Like how bad is the cut? Da, 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 da. And so we do that with physical pain. And if you're correlating emotional pain church hurt to pain we should be taking this the same steps towards healing and so what do you need in order to heal and and you know some people want to over spiritualize like i just think as a i just think we just need to apply matthew 18 and he <laughs> he needs to step down and we need to call him out but like i'm asking about you What do you need in order to heal? Because your your healing is not found in their de-platforming. I guarantee you that. You will not feel better just because they're de-platformed. What do you need in order to heal? Because there is a hurt, there is pain, and we have a healer. And speaking, we don't have time to get into testimonies or anything, but speaking into my own experience if I had stayed and I looked for it let me tell you something I looked for validation when I was hurting my pastor did not step up in a way that I needed him to step up um, my friends did not defend me the way I needed them to defend me um I was like directly like shut down and like <laughs> we're not gonna compare wounds okay but I'm saying that as somebody who has walked in a place of walked in a place towards healing, And I allowed Jesus to address my broken heart because he's close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And when I did, I allowed the great physician to come in and heal what was broken. And in that, I found my healing. And in that, because I was healed, I was able to forgive. Because I was healed, I was able to um, start the the domino effect of healing. If hurt people hurt people, then healed people can heal people which is why the epidemic of the epidemic of church hurt needs to be combated with a wave of healing and that can only be that can only start when you look at somebody and instead of validating and going yeah you're so right yeah you should feel sad yeah you should be mad oh shame on that person oh how dare he i knew some of the comments even they were like I knew something I knew I knew he was sussy. Uh, he just looks sussy. Like, why? Because he has perfect hair. Like, what do you <laughs> why are you mad at this man? So um this is for like obviously like us as people who deal with church hurt, but also be a good friend. Be a good friend that when somebody comes to you and brings this church hurt to you, you can be the good friend and be like, what do you need? What do you need to aspire towards healing? What do you need that can lead you? to the path of healing what do you need in order to get through the valley and to the mountaintop because as i opened all this was saying is that pain is only but for a moment at least it should be okay and we're talking about actual healing we're not talking about just taking painkillers which is what validation is validation will make you think that you took an ibuprofen and that for a minute you're just like oh yeah this is good but it'll resurface if you don't address it and so um I'm going to end my part by saying, by saying this as a good friend, or even as somebody who's self-reflecting, I think there are some questions that you can ask if you're dealing with church hurt. Um, I had to write them down. Um, so one question to ask, does how I stewarded my heart affect, did that play into the church hurt? Like, did I steward my heart well? did I give too much of myself? Um, Was I intentionally naive? Was Was I intentionally putting myself aside for the sake of the mission, for the sake of the ministry? Like, did I steward my heart well? That's question number one. Question number two, was the Lord on this? Oftentimes, Jamie, and I know we talk about it all the time, but like, we're always wondering, like, are you where you're supposed to be? <laughs> mm. Like, was the Lord on this? Were you supposed to be at that church? Were you supposed to join the, the, the
1: worship team? Were you supposed to be part of the prayer team? And even within that, were you supposed to be friends with the people within that ministry that you were getting close to?
0: Yeah. That's important too. Mm-hmm. Um. So was the Lord on this? Um I will probably say this forever over and over again <laughs> on the podcast, but I generally tell my friends that the safest place to be is in the will of God because it's in the will of God that he's, he's promised to protect you. He does not have to protect you outside of his will. He doesn't have to, he may, <laughs> he may cause he's kind, but the safest place to be is in the will of God. So that's why question number two is, was was the lord this? was he blessing this just a question to self-reflect on or as a good friend you can ask the person who's experiencing this hurt number three did i idolize that person or the position also something really important to think about because when you idolize something uh, you just turn a blind eye to a lot of things. You turn a blind eye to a lot of red flags when you idolize something. And so maybe it's something that you like you feel like on the outside looking in you're like I could never I would never fall for that. But when you're idolizing this person, um this pastor that you're following, um an example for this guy, right? He was idolizing like he just kept talking about them just like, yeah, and I I did his school and da 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 stuff like not to um not to make the decision for him. And I'm not judging his heart in a sense of saying, oh yeah, you idolized him. But I'm saying, that's a good question to ask. Were you idolizing this person? Um, And is that what made you ignore the red flags? Maybe the red flags that Holy Spirit was telling you, like, hey, this isn't for you. Or the church itself could actually be toxic and you ignored the red flag because you were following a person and not the Lord. Um, or the position. I put the person or the position because that matters. Because I have seen a lot of creatives get into spaces where they want to be the worship leader. They want to be the band director. They want to be the worship pastor. They want to be this, that, and the other thing. And it the goal is the position. And sometimes they don't care who they step on. They don't care who they step step on or who steps on them, but also they ignore the red flags. And the red flags could have been screaming but they had the wrong goal a question that I asked myself when I was processing my church hurt is did I set realistic expectations on my leaders and um, I think that's what caused me to think and feel a certain type of way about my pastor at the time I was like it was like I was young but that's the expectation that I had for my pastor at the time I was going through something where some legit like toxic leaders were leading a ministry. When I experienced that church hurt, I had an unrealistic expectation of my pastor. And at the time, I expected my pastor to shepherd, to be a shepherd and shepherds protect their flock, correct? So I was just expecting some little backup. I didn't need to be validated, but I also didn't want to be attacked. (laughs) So I was like expecting my pastor, whom I was serving for hours on end, um, free, might I add, um, who I was serving in two different ministries also at the time. Um, I was expecting him to defend me. I'm air quoting but I was expecting him to defend me. And I was just like, wow, you're a shepherd. So shepherd, (laughs) like protect your sheep. And I felt like I was just out there for the wolves. Maybe that was an unrealistic expectation because that was causing him to, I think that would have caused him to address things that he has maybe never confronted before in his position as a pastor, or also those guys were his friends. So anyway, um, I think I had a maturity expectation of my pastor and I should have just thrown that out the window. And the last question on my list is, do I need help? The most important question <laughs> off that whole list is, do I need help? Do I need um, counseling, like Christian counseling? Because the reason why it's important to, decipher the, the, the two is because um, get counseling from within the kingdom so that they can help you address something that happened in the kingdom. If you go outside and you go like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna um, do mental health, this, that, and the other thing, and better help and whatever those apps are, those won't help you um, because you need someone. And please, for the love of God, let them be spirit-filled. Let those people walk you through and lead you to the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth that leads you to all truth. Jamie, that's, that's what I got.
1: That was so good. Every point. I have never thought about the assessing the situation by those questions. Flawless. This is why you are one of the wisest women on the planet and definitely the wisest one I know
0: yeah all in all i'm not no one's here to poke at the fun of this dude and what he went through i think that he had a very real experience um i think that's what the what's the what's the popular thing to say nowadays that was his truth and so
1: (laughs) every time i hear somebody say my truth his truth her truth no 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 truth by its definition is narrow if something is true that means everything else is a lie you cannot have your own truth you can have your experience and what you believe but at the end of the day there is a truth of what happened and there is no such thing as a my truth or her truth or his truth yeah sorry yeah
0: and um for his sake i hope that the video doesn't really gain a lot of traction Because um, I I could see him after receiving the help that he needs, I could see him being like, dang, I should have never recorded that video.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very embarrassing for him. I mean, it is embarrassing for him, but he just already embarrassing. Yeah. And then, like, his wife wasn't in the video, but then
0: he was speaking for his wife. And I was just like, I don't know, dude, but I could see him wanting to take that video down. But all that to say is that we both are just, to those listening, um, I mean, we. We both could have had stories that can last like five hours if we both told our perspectives of what we've been through. But listen, what happened um, to you in the past, even if it was yesterday, (laughs) take it to Jesus. Let him kill it. Let him crucify that. um, Because guess what? He paid for that church hurt on the cross, too. He He paid for the church hurt in your past, your present and your future. And so take it to the cross. Let him bury it. You die to it. And move on. You got to get through the valley and head to the mountaintop. Um, Jesus doesn't leave you where you are in your pain. You, you, tr- you can try, but you're not going to find him validating it. He's going to address it and move it on.
1: Mm-hmm. And he won't have your identity be in something other than him, be it a hurtful scenario, or what others have spoken to you, or how things that were said to you made you feel. And I think even if you are not in a place of maturity to say, "Oh, I'm gonna," um, you know, walk through this with Jesus because it's the right thing to do. At least, at least, have the motivation of: Do you really want other people to define your personality? Do you really want something that happened to you that was done by others to be a part of who you are and then a part of how you respond to things in the future and a part of what you think or feel daily? Mm -hmm. Do you want to actually give these people who, you know, if you say, oh, I was so hurt, do you want to give them that much power um, to actually define who you are? Because that's what you're doing At, at the bare minimum you should be motivated to rid yourself of spending time or thought or even having certain reactions that you can credit a person or people group or an organization with. Don't let it be your identity. Let Jesus be your identity and let the story be a part of how you became like Jesus and not why you – became hurt and respond in somewhat irrationality to every situation going forward. Let Jesus define who you are and will become. Yeah, that's good.
0: And the good news about that is that the present tense, your present tense identity in Christ is victorious. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says that thanks be to God who through Jesus, we have been given victory. And so um, if someone hasn't told you yet, if someone hasn't told you yet, let us be the ones to tell you that you cannot simultaneously be a victim and victorious mm-hmm. in your identity with Jesus. And so we bless you um, through your pain to receive healing in jesus name
1: amen amen
0: we love you guys thanks for hanging out with us thanks for checking out the episode like share comment subscribe all the things we will see you next time and um until then
1: be happy stay holy you're already the righteousness of god in christ jesus boom